Ladies and gentlemen, beautiful people of the world, welcome back to another weekly edition of the 301 Outlet Podcast. We are on episode 46. We're rolling. We're doing great things. We're making changes. If we turn the heads. Today, we got another loud, packed, and awesome episode for you this week. We have the usual for me, Darian, Evan, and Mark, and we have two guests here right now. Longtime friend of the pod, Reem, and the boy, the man, Mr. Motivator. Let's stand Yo. up and make you jump. Mr. D-Man back in the building. How, how y'all doing today? Good, good, good. Doing fantastic. That's, that's great to see. Great to see the brothers doing well. Um, how are you? How are you? I'm, I'm good, man. I'm awesome. I'm great. I'm happy that you guys are here. Appreciate you guys for hopping on the pod. Always. No problem, no problem. Always uh, glad to hear the help. Of course, appreciate that, man. But, all right, so we're just going to start with the obvious, the thing that's basically breaking the news right now, this World concert that happened and the craziness that went down on that. Honestly, I don't, I'm like you. I don't really have a take on it. I, I feel like there's a lot of things, like there's a lot of reasons why this happened. I don't want to just like everyone's really trying to put the blame on Travis, which at the end of the day, I kind of understand because it was his festival. But at the same time, like, I mean, how often do you have a festival or a situation like this? No matter how rowdy you, even if you know how rowdy these fans can get, mm-hmm. and like, How like how often does it go to shit, you know? And I understand you do have to prepare for the worst. But from what I'm hearing is that they had like 750 plus officers there, which if you really think about it, that sounds like more than enough to, you know, to handle something like that. That, and then there was rumors saying that um, he had oversold tickets on purpose that was false um people like just the breaking down of the gates like i don't like that like that that really looked like something that if you was to replay this festival a thousand times it'll probably only happen once and this was that one time and it's sad because multiple people died and like it's not like like adults like us like these are young kids ranging from like 10 to wherever like teenagers like people who still have their lives ahead of them and like i said some of it needs to go to travis because i feel like there what like there was like this wasn't much he could have done in this in that moment people are talking about him how he didn't stop the concert you know to help out you know a you know a, a fan that was that was that was dying he did did he did he handle it in the way that he should have no you know so he and he's facing multiple lawsuits as he should 
Um, and it's just sad. And shame on the people who was sitting there, and I hope this isn't true, was sitting there like stabbing people with, with needles with fucking drugs with fentanyl in them. Like, come on, bro. Yeah, man. Um, what's up, everybody? It's 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 pretty sad. I just want to start off by saying rest in peace to everybody who died and you know, um my condolences to their families and everybody who was either traumatized or affected by that whole event, you know, um, my prayers out, you know, my prayers go out to them. I just feel like it's a, it's a very unfortunate um, situation that happened. And, you know, hopefully forthcoming people will be more attentive and alert and precautious when they're dealing with big venues with lots of people and there'll be, you know, a better standard of organization. I just hope that from this situation henceforth, people just, you know, learn to be a little bit more careful and um, they just take care of situations or handle stuff like this in a better manner. But it's really sad and it's unfortunate. That's just pretty much all I have to say about that at the moment. You know what I'm saying? I've been hearing a lot of stories about it. I've been seeing it all over uh, social media. Um, I just feel bad for the people that were affected by it. On the unfortunate tragedy of the Astral World concert, at the end of the day, a lot of people is going to be liable and a lot of people going to be sued. Not just Travis, uh, it's going to be Drake being sued. It's going to be like Nation Guns is going to be sued too. Um, there's a lot of stories coming out that um, Astral World literally uh, did not follow a lot of OSHA's uh, safety guidelines when it comes to 50,000 uh, people in the venue. Yes, they had enough police officers on staff, which, yeah, you're right, could have uh, most definitely should have been enough. But at the end of the day, it's Travis's concert. He's supposed to have every cross all the T's and dot all the I's. He's supposed to uh, make sure that everybody else is up par. And, and that's all I'm going to say about that aspect of the beginning and the preparation of it during the end of it. The yeah, idea say they say he did try to say he said something like maybe once or twice. That's a, like around nine something. He continued to play his song during the times of these people going into cardiac arrest for another 40 minutes. So with that being said, hey, hey, my props uh, um is a very sad tragedy that that happened. And hopefully all these families and you know they get their just dues, you know. This was no need for it. He should have just cut the music i mean like i said maybe he maybe he didn't know and if he did know shame on him hey we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks because the texas law firm says live nation travis could be is going to be up there in the billions man this is there's no reason for this to happen but that's my take on it that's it All right. So basically, first and foremost, prayers up to everybody whose families were affected by the eight tragedies at the Travis Young concert Astroworld. And honestly, I'm with a lot of y'all. Travis Scott is at fault. Not 100 percent. I'm going to get to that later. But he is at fault. And it's mainly because his his energy at the time that all of this was going on was almost like he didn't care. Like there were people right in front of him who could not breathe. They was passing out, going unconscious, cardiac arrest and all that. And he's just up on the stage performing like nothing's wrong. 
So that that's his that's his error. Another error is I'm not really gonna blame the security guards too much, like too too much, because some of y'all said that there were a lot of security here, and if it was adequately staffed, then that presents an error on the fans' part too. But I'm, but I'm gonna get to that later. But one thing y'all did. Actually, I'm going to come back to the cameraman. But, like, the fan, I'm going to talk to the fans since that's where I was going. So, um, we all saw that viral video from Astro World where a whole bunch of fans were, like, rushing the VIP section. Like, you, you know the whole, the whole deal. Like, oh, he can't, like, get all of us. He can't stop all of us. And question for y'all. How, how many of them people would y'all say did not have a ticket to get into Astro World? Probably like say one thing about that. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. That? Go ahead. I work, I've, I've worked festivals and all that. Honestly, this could have this could have happened at any of the festivals that I've worked at. Um, like I said, Travis is that person. I've been to about three or four Travis Scott concerts. And what I can say about him and his energy, he does incite literally like almost a riot type of energy. So and he's has been sued for what happened in New York where that fan got pushed off the balcony. He was first egging him on. He's still in that lawsuit about that. So and I can guarantee you with the 50,000 people, I, I guarantee you at least like. 20 percent 25 percent didn't even have no tickets and majority of the people who was in the vip didn't have no business being there and that's it for me for that boom and that's my point there like a whole bunch of people that was in that rush they didn't even have tickets and i'm gonna build off of a little bit of what reem said about how travis scott builds up promotes this riot like riot like atmosphere at his concerts and it and it presents this energy about him as if he that if you go to his concert, you have to be warned in advance. He does not care about your safety. Like he does not care if you have health problems in the in the show. He does not care if you go to the hospital. Like the only thing he cares about is that you bought your ticket. And there's another tragedy here that nobody's really talking about. And it's in the fact that in another viral video, in another viral video, a woman is on a little platform with a cameraman trying to get him to stop the show. And the cameraman's trying to shoo her off. Like we've all seen this video, right? But the thing is, the thing with that video is, I don't really know if like whether or not we could say that Travis told him to do that. Because at the end of the day, even if that concert never happened, Travis's pockets would still be straight. We can't say the same thing about this cameraman. Because shooting this concert was probably the only way that he could eat. It was the, probably the only way that his family could eat. It was probably the only way he could keep that roof over his head. So shooting that concert, even with everything going on, for him, it was really more so a lose-lose situation. Either, either I keep shooting and purposely ignore everything going on down here, and I have to live with that, and I have to live with that for like the rest of my life, or... I stop or I do what's right, I stop the show and I lose my money. So, and that's a tragic situation that a lot of people fall into. Uh, like a lot of people fall into some somebody falls into it every single day, not necessarily as as like 
vital, like big as his situation, but this is an all too common situation here in America, though. And that's why not for sure. Um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna say something like this because I'm going from a perspective, I do photography. I do that. (laughs) So coming from a cameraman's perspective, I completely agree with what um Evan says because a lot of the times when you go to gigs, I've been to gigs, not concerts per se, but you know, I've done photography gigs for events. And not only do you have to stay the entire time to get paid, no matter what happens, you have to be at your post. You gotta be doing what you gotta do. Because if you don't, you're most likely not gonna get paid. You know, most gigs don't give you the money up front unless you have a personal relationship with them or it's like it's something planned in advance and it's a completely professional thing. But Person, we live in the DMV where professionalism is not the best. Let's just be honest. <laughs> a lot of people just be nasty. They have no etiquette. They have pop bad attitude, all types of things. Not even going to go into that, just bringing that up as a point. So Evan brought up a very, very interesting point there. And I agree with most part, but there are some situations where you have to take in accordance where, where lives are being at stake. Morals matter more. I'm not saying that the cameraman was wrong of what he did it's just like you have to say every situation with a grain of salt and face it as it is i mean absolutely morals over money but at the same time though when you're in that split second situation where that he's in like that he was in and you got to make that call like at the drop of a hat like in a fraction of a second it's not really that easy to take to take morality it's, it's really not that easy because you're in a like survival type mindset and you think that just like right. you said Sanfa if I if I stop if I stop this show I don't get paid and if I don't get paid I don't eat tonight so like that's that's not exactly the easiest thing to just like brush off you know yeah 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 it's not an easy decision because a lot of the times it's funny how we live in the society right where a lot of people they say oh I do this in this situation and I'll do that in that situation but you don't understand, man. When that second, that split second where you got to make a decision, this is not a video game. We get the chance to contemplate every, no. Sometimes you literally have to make a choice right there and then. And you're just going to go with your instinct. You're just going to yeah, go yeah. whatever the first thing that comes to mind. You're not going to think or delegate. No, you're going to be like, okay, boom, this is what I'm doing. So I'm going to add I to that real quick on the cameraman situation. So at festivals, that's not just that one camera guy. Mind you, they have three other ones. I don't know how much I should it, but I can guarantee you there's like, depending how the stage is, there are about two other ones. Maybe that's that, that one camera guy, that one girl climbed onto that one camera guy stand. Yes, when they're on the little headset, they can hear everything that's going on. So the camera guy could be talking to their boss saying, hey, there's a girl up here and the boss could just be like, hey, get her off and just keep shooting, keep going. Travis is still going, keep the camera going. So, like I said, it's not on him. So, if you can't put all the blame on the camera guy at all, you really can't because it's not his call. He can turn his camera off if he wanted to, but then the other camera guys are going to get paid and because they're still rolling. So, oh no, I yeah. Guess. And I'm, I'm glad Kareem brought up because I was going to say that with my next part, but I'm glad you brought up because usually when it comes to camera, number one, they're usually all one set because that's how I am. It's not just me. I have me and I have my guys. It's me, two other guys, sometimes three, sometimes four. We basically are a group. I ended up posting the stuff on Instagram recently. So 
there's a lot of times where, you know, you're, you're trying to talk to your higher up, be like, hey, oh, man, you know, this situation going on. And most likely, they're probably not even in the same side as you. They're probably in the back controlling things from a media standpoint. So they're like, well, you got to keep going, but, you know, you want to get paid, right? You know, you're not getting paid for a halfway job. That's just how it is. That's just the business of how it is. It's cutthroat. It sounds bad. It sounds horrible, but reality is reality. It's the industry, man. It's, it's That's the industry. That's industry. how it is. That's just how it and is. And honestly, and like I said, this uh, this whole Travis thing, like, it was coming because if y'all ever kept up with Travis for the past couple of years, there was a time where he left his old manager who was having a seizure in the basement of L.A. I heard about yeah. that. Yeah, you heard I was going to mention that, but yeah, so like I said, but... he's 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 not like I said for all stretch of the imagination. Travis Scott really doesn't have no morals, honestly. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, say like though. I was saying earlier, he he fucked up. Like I was saying earlier, because when I saw some from the footage I was seeing, um, from the times where like the show was supposed to be stopped, it looked like Travis Scott was getting pissed when his music was getting stopped. That was just that goes to show that Travis Scott cared more about you know just you know, getting the crowd lit than actually helping out people literally dying, like passed out on the floor and everything, attending to them. Like literally it was like medical positions during a time when the music was playing. And then uh, it was a shot where like the music stopped and Travis was like getting mad when the music was stopping because people were getting helped out. So yeah, like you were, y'all were saying, morals over money and Travis got really fucked up. He has 18 lawsuits right now. Who knows how many more he has in counting. And it's not just eight people that died. It's like hundreds of people got hurt from this event mm-hmm. too. And from the details, it just sounds like this whole Astroworld thing was just like, um, just, you know, a disaster. And honestly, we're already in like a global health crisis with COVID. So having like a 50 plus thousand event already is risky enough. And then like, you know, extra people just coming in, you know, coming in the venue and stuff like that, which Travis is kind of sort of known to like letting people just, you know, like just like go through security and stuff like that. He has that kind of like effect and everything. He really does. And it's just wild, I, you know. Travis just let this, like, seeing people pass out on the floor that's, and he kept on going on with the music goes to show he just cares about the bag over, like, morals, and it's really sad, and he deserves every lawsuit that's coming towards him, and I can't look at Travis Scott the same after this situation, because I was the family of those victims, like, if I was my sister or something they got killed at that concert, I'd be pissed, like, honestly, like, I really would, like, I'm gonna know how to even feel, so, yeah, like, my condolences to those victims and the families and the, all the other... And you no know, prayers to all the other people that are like recovering, whoever got um injured, because it was like hundreds of people that got injured from that uh, festival. Shit is crazy, man. And it was sad that it's like little kids there too, like 10 year olds, nine year olds. They had no business being there. It's really sad. Society has to do better with that. Like, that's just not the environment a little kid even nah, should be in at a Travis Scott there. concert. The reason it was there is because Travis ain't have it as an 18 plus concert. That's See, and that's it. And Travis Scott, his music is not for fucking 10 year olds. Like, what the hell? First of all, it's Travis Scott. No 10 year old has no business listening to Travis Scott. I'm sorry. Like, bro. Yeah. Who I mean, does exactly. make music for 10 year olds? So the whole thing. <laughs> like, 10 year olds at a concert. Travis Scott, I'm looking at Travis Scott. Like, bro, you got little 10 year olds at your concert and shit in the crowd. Like, bro, come on now. I'm, just, so, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Evan. What you just said was hilarious. He said, yeah, "Who makes music for ten-year-olds?" Like, bro, yeah, I don't man. know if you know this, but Naked Brothers Band ain't been around for a minute. Who makes music for ten-year-olds now, bro? We ain't got Big Time Rush no more. Who makes music for ten-year-olds? Nah, I know. Y'all remember, y'all remember, y'all remember when Kids Bop was popping, bro? <laughs> bro, I'm they disappeared. I'm... I actually know they didn't. No, they didn't. I can't. Bro, they're still around. Actually, no, but I'm just saying they're still going. Just don't. No commercials. Yep. 
But I know y'all remember the kids about the commercials, cool. but it used to be everywhere. Hey, man, don't be hating. Bruh, every, That's how we got some day. Every week. Oh, no, I'm not hating. I'm the same. <laughs> I used to be with that shit. Like, well, I'm genuinely curious about one thing, though. I'm curious about one thing. Mm-hmm. Ayo, did any of them OG kids from Kids Bop ever like grow up and get like recording deals? Because I feel like one of them did. Hey, that's something we uh, can do research like said, and talk about. Like, bro, we, we should do research on this, bro. We, we should look this up. Because like I, I feel Zendaya. like at least one of them original kids from Kids Bob went. Yeah, other than Zendaya, though, of course. Zendaya is, Zendaya is Zendaya. very well known. She's like, very well like, known. She's been followed. You, you, can't, you can't tell me all them kids that was on there like when we was growing up and not one of them winning in life right now. You cannot tell me that. Bro. I think I paid. The, the sure. math does not add up. Bro, they probably it's sitting back chilling, bro. They probably got the residual <laughs> checks, bro. They got their royalties, yeah, bro. They chilling, bro. <laughs> Every time that Looking CD go out, they get money in their bank account. Right. I was like, damn, we got paid off this corny shit. Shit, this is sweet. <laughs> damn, we're still getting money from this shit. She. <laughs> hey, I want to be mad. Fuck. <laughs> but let me close out the Travis thing. So everybody said a lot of beautiful points. And I agree with a lot of what you said. And the crazy thing is, the one thing that people don't talk about, I think this is something that was physical and spiritual. Like, I'm not going to go crazy with, you know, people been going nuts online with all the theories and everything. I'm not going that way. All I'm going to say is that there was some evil works at hand because a lot of things just went in the wrong direction. Like Reem said, it was bound to happen. And it's unfortunate that stuff like this does happen. But just the way how everything kind of like built up and kind of came together in this mess of a thing. There got to be, there's an extra force as I work here, y'all. Like I said, pray every time. You walk out the house <laughs> and be thankful that you go where you're going to go, right? You come back in one piece. You come back with no issues. You come back good, whole. Just be thankful for that. That's really the message of this thing, honestly, in my opinion. Just literally, anywhere you go, you pray. Be like, Lord, take me out. Let me be safe for whoever you pray to, whoever you see as a higher power. And you come back and you give thanks <laughs> because... The people that died don't have the opportunity, and the hundreds and hundreds of people, they're going to be marred probably for the rest of their life, depending on how serious the injuries are. So, you know, it's just crazy. Appreciate your blessings. Count them one by one. So, that's going to end of that. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to go to week nine of the NFL real quick. We stink, but this week was hilarious. Oh, oh I'm going to say this week was yeah. hilarious, man. Hey. Well, more than one thing. All I gotta say is that that Bears and Steelers game was bullshit, bro. That's all. That's all. Bro, I yes, say. it was. That officiating yes, was. was like was pissing Stay me the fuck off, more. and the Bears should have won that we game. We got our third game. Honestly, should have won that third game. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't watch it, but yeah, it was some questionable calls, like down to the wire, and like that uh, taunting call. That was ridiculous. It really was. But yeah, because mm. because it's, it's like I get that like. Home cooking and all that. Like sometimes the home team might get the benefit of the doubt. But if you look at the penalty disparity, I'm about to read it out right now. The Bears, Please. 12 penalties, 115 yards. The Steelers, five penalties, 30 yards. Like, I, hey, I really feel like th- this one was a little bit slanted. I, I don't know. What else to and the Bears should have had some calls for you know, the Steelers has some calls like miss, like. They clearly had their uh, roughing the pass on uh, Justin Fields. Like, he got, like, popped. Yo, like, the refs was like, letting two seconds Justin, after he threw the ball. The literally, bro. He was going to kill. Like, this man, Justin Fields, up, man. But bro, it was bullshit. And then he got a touchdown pass called back. Looking at the wrong way. Breathe too hard around that man, and it's rough pass. 
Like there was, uh, and and really, I'm trying not to blame refs these days, but I can't help but notice. And I ain't even. It's bad this season. No, it's bad. Say the but it's mainly go ahead and get fined. Like who cares, man? Like these coaches got to speak out. What I saw, there was no consistency with their calls at all. Like Pittsburgh was getting a whole bunch of calls that Chicago just wasn't, and it's just weird. Yeah, exactly, bro. You're gonna call a taunting call after that sack, but yet and then but you're not gonna call roughing the pass on Justin Fields. Like, come on, bro. It's bullshit. Like, I yeah, that, that game could have gone like a lot of like different ways. And then you're gonna take away a touchdown pass where technically that wasn't even a penalty, like a penalty. He was like just outside the, the box area or whatever, that tight end. It was some dumb penalty or something like that. But yeah, he got a whole touchdown pass called back. So it was just it was just crazy. Like, I don't know. All I'm gonna say is we got the punch in the mouth. And then we never third. We don't come back. We gonna Falcon ass. That's all I gotta say. Cause this was a wild ass weekend. See, see, see. And now we gotta talk about the Broncos because I think I finally figured them out. This is the uh, flukest team in the league, bro. Like they, they are on twenty twenty Bears levels of flukeness. The whole reason they above five hundred right now is because they just saw it. They have seen the NFC East three times on their schedule and just went super saiyan. Like, bro, notice how all of their best games are against this one division. I don't even think they 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 didn't have their best game. We had our worst game. That's that's what that was. You play that game a hundred times, they're not they're not winning again. So it, I I give it I give it to them. I, I when we lost, I ain't really had nothing to say, except that people were waiting to get on our ass, but it's okay. Cause we'll be back. Hopefully, we'll win on Sunday. I'm not guaranteeing shit. I'm not saying shit because the Eagles are gonna L. But Jalen Hurts ain't play bad. So like, honestly, we played I'm the not- uh, the Chargers. Daring. I'm not saying shit. Daring. Too low, so. Daring. We beat the Falcons, dog. If we could do it in Atlanta, y'all could do it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. I, I I'm not yeah, Falcons defense is terrible. Y'all should beat the Falcons. It's Atlanta. Their defense is like they're terrible. Their secondary. I'm bad, so I, I, I'm not. I'm not saying anything. I'm not even. Gonna, I just want to see how we come out, because because again, this is one of those times where you got to look at where me as a Cowboys fan, where I just got to look at the team like, okay, what are you gonna do now? I wanted to see what we were gonna do when, when we lost to when we lost a close one to Tampa. We, we did nothing but go out and win seven straight. So you know, we went up against New England. We were against the fucking refs. We beat New England and the fucking refs. So we got a slip punch in the mouth against uh, the Broncos. Let's see how we respond. We play Atlanta. We should beat them. They just beat the Saints. So who can beat anybody? So we'll see. Yes, sir. And we have our third and final guest this here. Welcome, Miss Carrie. How are you doing today? Just chilling in my luxury condo, you know. <laughs> you thought you were slick. We saw you taste that bad. I, <laughs> I mean, wait, Darren, what you say? It looks real to me. That was smooth. Like, I saw her kind of say, I was like, off the floor. that was a smooth transition. But before you got on, we were talking about the whole Astro World concert incident. So, I want to get your take on that. <laughs> she did the face. She's like, hmm, that's heavy. 
think Travis Scott is a thousand and ten percent responsible for. He was. It was not like he was at Coachella or at like at a venue or at Verizon Center where there's people that are over him that he has to answer to. It was his own event. And y'all not gonna like what I have to say, but you know, it was hot take, hot take, hot take. I saw videos of him still on top. And when you're standing on a platform, you can see so much of you. If you've been on stage before, you know what I'm talking about. I can see everything going on down here with the audience. He saw a boy, look like he's about 15, 16, getting carried out, passed out the videos all on the internet. They're all talking smack. So you can go find everything I'm saying is already out there. He also, the news just came out a couple of hours ago that he was seen and there's evidence that he actually went to an after party after knowing everything was going on, including the ambulance and all that. He's already getting a $1 million lawsuit with him and Drake. The lawsuits are rolling in. I think he's 1,010% responsible. How do you not know you're your own concert and your own security? Yeah, he also got dropped from um, a couple future festivals too. Mm-hmm. Yep, they did. They did remove yeah. his name. I saw that. So hey, <laughs> that 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 was great. Like I said, you said a lot of facts. I'm not even disagreeing with you. you said stuff that I didn't really think about. I'm I don't honest. understand. But here's the part where like it's not a popular opinion. I just don't understand the hype with this Travis Scott man. He's not as chat to me. He's just not. On the level of Beyonce, and I know y'all want to say Beyonce is overrated. No, she's not. He's not my Jackson. Wait, 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 He's not wait, even Migos. Who here was about to say that? Everybody well, who was about to say Beyonce overrated, raise your hands and then Sam will kick him out. You know, when Travis Scott first came out, I, I snapped. I was one of the first few people that was really like, oh, I like this dude. He's cool. But I don't know. He's not, you know. I want to piggyback. There's been some changes there. Piggyback off of what Reem said earlier, because I just I just thought about it with what you just said. Travis Scott makes music for people that, he makes riot music. Yeah, he makes ignorant music. <laughs> let's, let's just like call it music. Literally. Like, yeah, mosh pit music. He makes yeah. music that make people want to act stupid. This man Literally. said it ain't, wrong, it ain't a mosh pit if there's no injuries. Yeah, he did say that. Mm-hmm. So just take that. So just use that as you wish. <laughs> so that's not a genre I like. So that's not for me. Right. But all right, y'all. Like I said, NFL talk. I enjoyed that. That was funny. But um, let's go to the whole facts versus non-facts thing now. Before y'all get into it, because I can exactly. see, I could sense, I could yeah. smell the, the heat from here. This is the essence of the conversation. I'm out, I don't know my smoke. So here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to set the argument. Basically, what I'm I, I'm looking for, do <clears throat> what is your stance on the whole vax versus non-vax thing? Do you think it's silly? Do you think it's important? And where do you stand and why? So again, I'm going to create the order. We have seven people in this room, and I'm gonna mix myself in it too. So this is how the order is gonna go. It's going to go: Mark, Evan, Carrie, me, Kareem. Darian and D-Man. That is the order. 
So, Mark, you were the first pick. I'm gonna. Wait, whose name is DMV Zebras? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm dead. <laughs> hey, yo. Hey, yo. I'm dead. Hey, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, Joy makes me laugh every time I see her, bro. Oh, my God. But, yeah, go ahead, Mark. So, do you remember All the right. criteria or do I need to repeat it? Because that was funny. So, basically. Yeah, like, what's our take on a... What I'm asking, yeah, yeah, got you. What's the take? Where do you stand and why? All right, got you. Well... I'm going to just put it like this. I think this whole vax versus non-vax thing has kind of turned political at this point. It's very intense because, like, I'm vaccinated personally. I'm going to just say that out, like, say that right now. I don't mind saying it. I'm vaccinated. And I got it for, you know, my, you know, certain reasons. But I understand why certain people are against the vaccination. But the people who are the anti-vaxxers, like, I don't understand, like, why you don't want to get the vaccination if you don't have underlying health problems and yet you're trying to say, oh, well, maybe certain things in this vaccination, you know, certain ingredients and stuff like that. Oh, I don't want to get it. But yet when it comes, comes like other, like in the past, thousands of other medications that a doctor will prescribe you, like you're not quick to like, you know, do research on the ingredients or say, oh, I may be allergic to this. You're just going to be quick to take the medicine and whatever the, that the uh, doctor gave you. So I don't know why people are treating this vaccination like it's, you know, like it's extra dangerous or something like that. Like. I don't understand. It's for your own safety and it's to protect other people around you just because you think you're like, you know, like, you know, uh, I say immune to the virus and it doesn't affect you. It's still a virus. You can still spread it to other people. So that's why they're pushing you to get the vaccination. So I honestly, like if you can get vaccinated and you like, you know, and you have a chance to get vaccinated, I say get it because other than that, we're going to be stuck in this pandemic. And a lot of people has been like dying from this virus. So the anti-vaxxers, it's like, I, I don't understand, like, some of them at this point. And it's sad seeing, like, big figures like um Aaron Rodgers and, uh like, Harry Irvin, like, you know, take their stance on it, you know, like, causing this, um like, this big wave or, you know, this big cult of people, you know, like, going against, like, the vaccinations. And that's just, like, you know, spreading misinformation and stuff like that and enabling people, you know, to go against the vaccination. And it's just ignorance. And it's just, like, kind of frustrating with the anti-vaxxers. So that's my take on it. That's all I got to say. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. All right. <clears throat> Next, I'm pretty sure it is Evan. The owner of the one and old DMV Zebras, the best fantasy basketball team in the league, in the world, in the universe. All right. So basically, I'm going to keep this short because I basically said everything that I'm going to say on this is it's just I'm pro-vax like all day because I feel like this this vaccine like we've been asking for this vaccine we've been asking for a vaccine for like a year while we was while we were stuck in the house and we finally get it and now people are suddenly like yeah I don't know I don't know and it's like bruh and like if you don't want to get the vaccine it's cool but don't parade around your choice. Like, don't beat your chest about like it's my choice when like like it's just you that's affected when it also affects your friends and fa- your family and anyone else you're like in close contact with on a daily on a regular basis. So there's that. And also, I I don't like how people are framing this whole like 
respect my decision thing when these people are these same people are not willing to accept the consequences of these decisions it's like you don't want to get get the shot fine but now suddenly you're mad when you can't go into restaurants you can't get into sporting events like and now it's harder to go on going to work this that and the third like now because like now when the consequences of your decision start showing up now suddenly you're mad it's like bro we've been taught this since we was little kids when you make choices you have to live with the consequences and if at any point you get tired of these consequences guess what vaccines right there ain't even a long line of C- at six flags no more they they give it a cvs minute man, like minute clinic like they, they it's more widespread now so that's that's what i gotta say definitely agree all right the next person can go i think it's kareem oh it's me Kareem or Carrie, no. one of you two. It's one of you. I I forgot the order between you. Go ahead, Carrie. You go ahead. Mm-hmm. Mute yourself. <laughs> okay. I think everybody should have a choice. I mean, I don't know why. Like, why are they forcing people to get the facts? Like. I mean, really, like, and look, I've been doctors have come out. Uh, A lot of vaccine plus years are only up to 65% effective. So why do they think that this is better and this is newer? I don't get it. So I think if you want to get it, do what you want. But like, you know, if it's your body, your choice, right? Why not just do what you need to do when you want? Because it's just interesting to me people pick and choose when it's right to do what you want to do everybody's got a right to their own body nobody can force anybody to do anything anything drugs sex anything tattoos alcohol we throw that with drugs whatever it is you can't force me you can have an abortion if you want in 49 states if i don't want to get vaccinated if i do want to get vaccinated mind your business it should be private information because it's your personal business no one's walking around here saying i'm still a virgin i'm not a virgin my ball sacks stink my ball sacks don't stink (laughs) had to throw a joke in there that's right i washed my shit it's personal (laughs) it's personal business it's your personal business no one's business if you're vaccinated or not no one's walking around here saying if they got herpes or not (laughs) Unless I'm serious, unless you're in a relationship, no nah, one's walking around. Wh- saying, whoever walking around saying they got herpes, that man is a demon, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no one's walking around. He's a menace to society. No one's walking around here. <laughs> no one's walking around here saying, I got to turn my doing disturb on my bed, saying whether they've been vaccinated ever in their life. No one's walking around here saying, I have to take medication for it. Stop calling me, God dang it. I declined four times. No one, sorry, is walking around here saying if they've been vaccinated ever. No one's walking around here saying if they take medication for diabetes. I got diabetes. No one's going around here saying that. Now, if you want to say that, that's your business. But it's no one's business whether you do that or not. 
No one's forcing them to take diabetes meds or cancer meds, but they're doing it. Stay alive or because they don't have no other option. There's always another option, but it's nobody's business. And I don't think we should force anybody on with the your body, your choice movement, a thousand percent. All righty. That was quite the take. Go ahead, Kareem. You're welcome. Unmute yourself, bro. Unmute yourself, man. Shout out to the DMV Zebras. We want to know. My bad. All right. So as I was saying, uh, vaccines has been around. There's a whole rack of vaccines that we got administered ever since we was babies. So there ain't no difference to this COVID vaccine, what it is. Everybody saying that, oh, it was it was built, it was pretty much made within a year. And I was like, yeah, you're right. But that's also because, you know, we've had the technology to do it for 80 plus years. So what do you think we've been, medical community been doing, sitting on their asses? What do you think technology has been doing moving forward? How do you think we get the MacBook so quickly? It's because of science, right? We can only be on this video call because of science. We trust the computers, right? Anti-vaxxers love to trust their computers, their uh, vehicles, right? We wouldn't have none of that because of science. My thing is, is just get vaccinated so you can so you can uh, help us get out of this freaking mess, man. And that's pretty much my take. I ain't gonna say any much on it anymore. I'm done. Man, <laughs> like vaccines are a whole new concept. We've been doing this since the 1790s, y'all. We've been doing this since the 1790s. On a certain level, on a certain level since the 1790s. Yeah, on a certain level, on a certain level. <laughs> because right, they couldn't right. see the, the Spanish flu wasn't, they, the, when the Spanish flu hit in the 1910, around 1910, we still couldn't see like viruses and bacterias under the microscope. Right. But at the same time, we still, as a human race, got rid of it. Why? Because we all wore masks and we uh, social distance. Fun fact about the Spanish flu, it was actually starting in the United States. <laughs> A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Yeah. I mean, people don't know that. But no, um, the name after something that never mind. <laughs> yeah. It was named after because it because the Spanish king caught it and he was like the big like poster boy that died from it. Mm -hmm. That's why the Western civilization, hence the United States, wanted to call it the Spanish flu instead of the United States flu. So <laughs> anything to take the blame off of him. <laughs> what? Um, Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to go a different way because, like I said, I don't want to sound redundant. Um, I'm all about the, you know, you pick and choose. But I'm also with Reem is just like, we're at the point now where it's like, come on, y'all. We actually, like Evan said, I'm kind of rounding a lot of points, like Evan said. We asked for the vaccine. They made the vaccine. Yes, it was a little fast and probably people expected but just like Reem said, again, technology has advanced. Science has advanced. Science is ever, ever evolving. Jesus Christ, I couldn't say that. Ever evolving. There we go. That's what I wanted to say. It's ever evolving. It's ever changing. It's ever expanding. It's why all this new technology that we're going to see within the next few years is about to come out because evolution is just something that never stops. And I'm just going to go with the point of we live in a very selfish country. 
Americans are selfish because compare how COVID has done with us to other parts of the world. Other parts of the world, people are willing to make the sacrifices. People are willing to do whatever it takes to handle COVID. People weren't fighting back the system. So, oh, yeah, I'm going to do what I want. And you have to like the taste of it. And you have to accept it. Yeah, is my body my choice? Of course, I accept that. But in a pandemic where millions of lives have been at stake, people have died, people have been altered for life, it's like you have to think of the entire conglomerate before you think of yourself. We live in a very selfish country. 2020 proved that because people was out here just doing all types of wild, crazy stuff. And if we all had just committed to just saying, okay, we're going to follow these three guidelines or we're going to follow the same agenda to stop COVID. No, everybody want to bring their own two cents, want to say, oh, let's do this and do that, and want to bring like 17, 18 damn variables and talking five, six-syllable words about stuff that they don't even know about. So the reason why COVID is the way it is is because, like I said, we live in a country where people think about themselves more than everybody else. It's all about me, 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 what I do my life, blah, blah, blah. They don't really think about the people that surround them. So, and I had a conversation with somebody today, shout out Nashar. I saw her earlier. Um, We were talking about how really, are we going to get out of this? Is COVID just going to be a part? I'm not going to give you an answer. I'm just going to end with this question. Is COVID now just going to be part of the American life? Is just this something we're just going to have to deal with for the foreseeable future? Or will we really actually get a handle on these things and stop the misreporting, stop the false information, stop the nonsense delegation, stop all these things, stop focusing on all these other these other narratives, these other just stop the nonsense and simply say this is very simple. How are we going to tackle this? And let's take the steps to do it. So that's how I'm gonna yes, sir. Oh yes, Tampa. Just, just throwing it out there. If you uh, if you've been keeping up with all the medical stuff that's going on, um, the measles is making a comeback. The measles that we all but eradicated is now making a mm-hmm. comeback. Nobody's yep. not vaccinating their babies. Yep. Yep. People so focused. People so focused on COVID and cases. not seeing all yep. these other things that's happening. No, it's not that. It's just that people just not getting their vaccines. Point blank. Period. Oh no 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 yeah 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 of course. I, I just didn't want to say that because y'all have all said that. <laughs> I didn't want to beat that. You already beat it to a dead horse. Like, I didn't want to do that. So I just like bought it with different being born. You know, within the first couple months of a baby being born, you're supposed to get a whole rack of vaccines. Mm-hmm. Yep. But now people are just not going. And now they're catching measles, giving it to other babies in mm-hmm. kindergarten, preschool. Yep, it's going to make a comeback and a lot more babies going to die. It's going to eventually hit the news. And yeah. So the anti-vaxxers is really bringing back old disease people, but eradicating. It's, it's actually wow. crazy. But um, <laughs> um, Darian, I'm pretty sure you're next. And then we'll yeah. end it off with D-Man. Yeah, I about to say D-Man was last. But uh, basically, I, I guess we're all in agreement. Like, you choose what you want. I respect either decision that... That is what it is. My problem is because Mark brought up Ky- Mark brought up Kyrie and um, Aaron Rodgers. The, the thing with Kyrie is Kyrie is taking a stance 
and Aaron Rodgers decided that he wanted to listen to Dr. Joe Rogan and all of his other hippie. So my, my, my gripe is you have people like Aaron Rodgers who are spreading misinformation about the vaccine and he's not consulting with doctors. He's not consulting with physicians or anyone that works in the medical field. Okay, I don't wanna sit here and take medical advice from Joe Rogan. I don't. If you fighting UFC comedy advice, I'll do Joe Rogan. I'm about to beat the fuck out of this cat. Don't stop. Yeah, that's what I thought. Animal abuse? This, this, that cat, man. <laughs> that cat but, uh, is an enigma. The DMV zebra do not condone. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Me and Prince go at it all the time. Hey, a zebra a day keep the doctors away. Shoot. I'm dead, bro. <laughs> Zebras, what <more> that? <laughs> you damn right. We out here running from lions. You know we got the, we out here on the fitness tip. We out here running from lions and cheetahs and shit. I can't stand you having with that damn background. Come in, coming in. Oh, DMV zebras. Oh, they've been spotted on 301 again, striking your state from the cold. But, uh, oh, my goodness. We'll go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Aaron. Aaron Rodgers is outright lie to everybody. Point blank here. <laughs> it's like, I love Aaron Rodgers. Like, I'll. I was 100% with Aaron Rodgers, with everything. That's why I let you gush. The whole vaccine thing. But he's one of them people that, actually, no, I'm not even about to get in Aaron Rodgers. I'm not doing that. But um, I did it because I did it last week. But, That's why uh, I didn't put it on the topic list because y'all yeah. really, I listened to it. Y'all went deep in that joint. Yeah, but, yeah. but, but the thing is, is, when we, like, there are people like Aaron Rodgers, who have these big platforms, he is a role model. He like he is this big star, and he's spreading this misinformation. The same with Joe Rogan. The same with a lot of these politicians. You know, and it's just like if you don't want to get the vaccine, cool. I understand what Kyrie is doing, and in the in the in the sense of. I, I, it, it is wild that there are a lot of people who are who are missing out, who can't feed their families now because because of because of because of that. But at the same time, protocol is protocol. But that's another that 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 that's another thing for another for another day. So that's really my only gripe about it. I just don't like the misinformation that's being spewed out. Because again, I got it. I was iffy on it but at the same time i i have a mom who's getting older and a dad who has who has underlying conditions so so at the end of the so at the end of the day i gotta think about them too so so yeah and plus my black ass be out so <laughs> Very relatable take, man. D-Man, let's let, close this out on this topic, brother. Yo, so I kind of feel like it's a really um, tricky topic, but uh, it's, 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 it's sad because a lot of people have died from it, man. Recipes to them, you know. Uh, and it's scary, too. 
because uh, we want to be free as people. You know what I'm saying? We want to be able to make our own decisions and make our own choices. But it's tricky when it comes to uh, health. I mean, who want to die? Who want to be out here spreading sicknesses to other innocent people who don't deserve that? You know, um, I feel like it's important people do it. But then, but then again, I do agree with those who say they don't want to do it because they have their own choice. But um, how I see it for real, I kind of feel like uh, this whole COVID thing, I feel like this stuff was planned and created to cause confusion and to find ways to take liberties from us as people in some type of way. Like they had us on a whole lockdown. Like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that the government got away with that, you know, we don't even know about, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, and if you think about it, I feel like it's an agenda to scare people. When this thing first came out, they were showing these, they were showing COVID 24 seven. Anytime you turn on the news, they're talking about COVID and they got a statistic board with how many people is dying. It's invoking fear, putting fear into people, you know, to the point about, you know, but I get it because you don't want people to be, you know, out here dead or spreading the sickness. But anyway, I kind of feel like if people don't want to do it, they should just adhere to whatever rules the government set. Like, okay, well, you got to get tested regularly because you might be out here getting people sick since you want to, you know, stand on what you want to stand on. You should test it because it don't make sense if you say you're not going to get, you don't want to get a vaccine and you might have it and you're out there spreading it to other people because you choose not to do it. So I kind of feel like if you choose something, whether you're going to do it or not, there should be certain things that go with those people who choose to get vaccinated and those who don't. And they should just adhere to the, you know, policies. I mean, because even if I feel like in this world, you're not always going to get people saying, all right, I'm going to do things the right way. Everybody going to disagree to, you know, agree to disagree. Everybody got their own opinion. Um, but I do kind of feel like uh, for those who do do it, you know, more power to them. For those who don't, more power to them too. I mean, it's, 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 it's really tricky. Uh, also, it's scary too because you see them making a vaccine and there's people that are still suffering from it or still catching it right after they've taken a vaccine. And then you're hearing them say that, okay, well, we have different variants you're going to have to take now. So it's just like, why did you make me take these two? And there's still more. You're saying we got to take two, three more shots. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of, it's scary, but I just, to me, I pray God take control. Um, but I feel like everybody got their own opinion. But to me, if I feel like it's good people do it to avoid affecting other people, you know, but at the same time, I do respect the fact that nobody wants to lose their liberties and choosing what they want for themselves, what they do want to do and what they don't want to do as opposed to being forced to do it. Because I feel like once once the government learns how to manipulate ways whereby they can alter how you feel about something, then you're, you lose your voice and you, you you just have to adhere to whatever you're told. So it's, it's pretty tricky, but hopefully we figure it out. It is so crazy how this man, and like I said, I know Mark, Evan, and Darian, you caught it. The first half of what he said, we were literally saying this when we started the podcast. Literally. Exactly. What he said about them 
pushing this agenda that COVID is this super deadly thing that's it's gonna kill everybody. Oh my god, scare tactics. Bro, we literally started the podcast talking about that. Literally, the first episode was us talking about that. That is crazy. That is crazy. That is crazy. Like, just thinking back, like, as we were talking, bro, I was just like, bro, this man just took me back 46 weeks. It's <laughs> 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 literally his episode 46. We've been doing this thing for a minute. I was like, yo, this man literally is speaking what we were talking about. The f- that, nothing but facts. They were out here doing everything they can to set this narrative. And like I said, if you watch the news, all the time, and I know my man D-Mail understand, he's African, he gets it. He knows right. how our people are. All they do is watch the news. <laughs> that, 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 that's, their, that's, their, that's their life. So, a lot, I know he probably had family members that was tripping, losing their minds. He, he knew that was going crazy. Like, oh my God, like COVID is the deadliest thing that we've experienced. But you know, like I said, we've come a long way where the only thing now is just how are we going to handle how are we going to get out of this mess because we made a lot of progress but at the same time there's been a few steps taken back so best we could do is pray pray for the best hope for the best because it's, it's completely out of our hands at this point it's all in the hands of the people that want to make things difficult i don't really care about if we get vaccinated i got vaccinated for a personal reason i got vaccinated for my job because for my job i travel between different states I travel to Virginia, West Virginia, and Pennsylvania for work. So I need the vaccine because I'm going to be going to different states. I need it for protection. I'm not relying on saying, oh, I'm not going to catch COVID. But I took it in terms of let me do whatever means necessary to prevent it. Because just like Darian, I'm in a similar place. My dad is 73 years old. Like, come on now. My dad is the key group of this thing. In fact, and he's already immunity deficient. So that and my mom has issues as well so i always have to think about them when i step out the house and it's not like i have siblings it's only me it's only me and my people so it's like every time i step out i have to make sure that i'm good i gotta be double thinking making sure i have my mask making sure i keep my distance making sure i'm washing my hands all that stuff so pray do the best you can and that's really all we can do when it comes to this vaccine stuff but Hey, bro, can I piggyback off you real quick? Like, yeah, sure, 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 even, sure, sure. If, you, if you even think about it, man, it's just like, where did this come from? I mean, they try to, I mean, you hearing them say, oh, came from Wuhan or whatever. And it's probably the way they eat or what they eat. But people been eating like that for years. You know what I'm saying? So what made 2021 so special? Deep down inside, I feel like there's something they created to turn the world to what it's turning to now. Technology is taking over division. You know, when, when people are like this, when people are separated, it's easy to penetrate them. When we're like this, it's hard to get through because we're together. Nowadays, this thing has made us more divided than ever. This is the most divided I've ever seen the world. You walk by, so like I was, when this thing was happening, I would go and jog and walk down the street and people, they would act like they want to jump into the road when they see me walking on the block. <laughs> 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 like damn, like no, nah, I know what you mean, bro. I got COVID crazy. on my face. Is COVID on my face or something? Damn, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's going? Shoot, yo, they almost had me backing up for myself. You know what I'm saying? But it's 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 deep, man. But hopefully, like you said, I hope we just figure it out. But I just, I definitely don't think that it just happened. I mean, then like even with the if we 
we're going to get biblical and stuff like a day is like a thousand years to the Lord. So none of this stuff is it's new to us. But it was, if it if it wasn't meant to happen, bro, it wouldn't have happened. But it's happened and we're here now. So, you know, what I'm saying it is what you know, it is what it is. And just to finish your point, we're all living for a reason. <laughs> we're all good for a reason. We all have a purpose that we've not fulfilled yet. So we just got to keep pushing forward. And no matter what happens, just have that faith that, listen, this could have took my life. I could have been one of the people that's a statistic, but I'm here breathing. I'm good. I'm in good health. I'm going to keep going forward because you're around for a reason. There's a reason why you're still pushing. So I didn't want to preach there. <laughs> D-Man, no, I could be a little bit of a preacher, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to go there. I just brought that up us a little bit. So let's go ahead to some breaking news we just heard. Um, Darian, do you want to drop it? NBA, NBA news, you because you're the one that posted in the chat. Yeah, yeah. All right, Clay Thompson will be back as soon as December 20th from his Achilles surgery. It's late, man. Good to see Clay back, man. I haven't seen him play in over two years. It's crazy. Yeah, it's gonna be good to get him back, and it's like even though I'm not expecting Clay at full health because that'd right. be a lot to ask in this short of a time frame. Just think about it. The Warriors are already what nine and one, ten and one. Mm-hmm. Warriors is killing it. That much better, y'all. This team is scary. No, for real, the Splash Brothers are bad. This team is they very are. scary. Bro, didn't we call the Warriors being if they if they start out strong, they were gonna be a top four seed. They might be the number one seed. I think they are the number one seed right now. Yeah, I'm still okay. But yeah, like. Man, like I said, Warriors, look out for them, man. They about to kill it. But um, <clears throat> we were having an interesting conversation before the pod. We were talking about, you know, we were talking about what, the Celtics? Who else were we talking about? We, we were talking about just a few teams and how. We were, we were talking about the Celtics. The Hawks. And we, we were talking Hawks, about, uh, like, the rookie rate. Like yeah, the okay, rate yeah, 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 okay, yeah. There we go, there we go, there we go. We were talking about the rookie race. Yes, we were. Um, So... Basically, Cade Cunningham is just starting to get in the stride. You know, he was injured. He started the season a little bit late, but he's doing good and doing his thing. Jalen Green has just been showing oozing with potential. Like, this man's athleticism is insanity, bro. Like, this man is touching the top of backboards. This man, this man is catching one-arm one, one arm passes with the basketball. Like he's on the football field, and he's a wideout, bro. Like, it is ridiculous. This man's bounce, this man's jump, this man's athleticism, this man's speed, insanity, bro. Like, he's going to be a problem. Once he develops and he gets it to where he needs to be, he's going to be a issue, bro. And then we have Evan Mobley, you know, Evan's twin. Man, killing it in Cleveland. See, that's the, and that's the thing about this race for rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. This year, it ain't just two people. It ain't yeah. just the top two draft picks. Mm-hmm. Like, you also got Evan Mobley. I'm watching the Wizards-Cavs game now. Cleveland's up 49-44 at halftime. Evan Mobley is the Cavs' leading scorer. He has 11 points. And then you also got Scotty Barnes in Toronto. Like, mm-hmm. that man has been a shutdown defender on defense. And he's been really good in transition, too. Like An- Another good rookie. Player. Yeah, go ahead. Go. My bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> and, and, like, he, he really came to the Raptors at the perfect time because they're transitioning out of the Kyle Lowry era. So now Scotty Barnes steps in and now it's his team, mm-hmm. his team right off the jump. He got the keys to the kingdom. Another, to an, I'm, I'm, gotcha. I'm going to say one more thing. I'm going to let Devin go. Um, another rookie that's been impressive is a rookie that we did kind of clown 
uh, Chris Duarte on the Pacers. He's been killing it, man. Yes. Boy. That, that boy is a shooter. That boy is a marksman, man. Like, he's been okay. killing it. Mind you, Indy's had injuries, like we talked about it before. I think if you're Mark brought up, like, that team just can't stay healthy, bro. For the life of them, bro. They always... Like every year. It's always like... Every, bro, the past get three seasons, yeah. bro. They always come into the season. What they go? Okay, Indiana, they about to be... You know, Starting off hot. They about to be good. And they can be, yeah. But it's just like... They get injured. But Chris Duarte, he's coming in. And he He's sliding in real good, man. I think, you know, he's going to... He's definitely going to surprise some people in his NBA career. You know, he was an older rookie that can I think he's going to literally be the new Malcolm Brockton. I think that's where he's going to be. He's going to be a guy that comes in, he fits a great role, is a legit player from the jump, and is a heavy contributor to the team. So, definitely. But here's my question, though. Who who do y'all think is going to win rookie of the year? Like, who's your pick? Who are you putting the stock in right now? Well, it's early. I, before I even do that, like, I want to give – Love to two rookies. That's Davion Mitchell and Josh Giddy. Another Josh on that sleeper. Giddy lit us up, and he's someone that no one's really talking about. He kind of reminds me of like Stockton Nash type ish. Right, like like he can like he can score like like he's a good like he's a good floor general. I guess I can say Chris Paul too, but um. And, and Davion Mitchell is just nasty on is just nasty on on, on defense. And as a guard, that's rare for a rookie. Mm-hmm. Very and rare. we know from watching him in college, he can score too. But um, right now, hold up, this one rookie we ain't talked about yet. Uh, is is Moses Moody? Moody Moody Moses Moody. Oh. I was like, who oh. the hell are you saying? <laughs> I was trying to say it like Kendrick Perkins. Moses Moody. Moody. You dumbass. Moody Moses. But this guy. But yeah, Moses Moody and Kaminga have been they've, been. they've been they've been showing promise, man. They're definitely intriguing. Like, I like how with this class that just came in, it's not only you see the clear cut, there's talent. But you also see there's a lot of potential for players to be used. This draft, I can see this draft class being a bit deep, man. I can see it. You know, we got we got Corey Kispert on the Wizards. He's showing flashes of potential for sure. You know, he he's definitely going to be a player that's going to be interesting to watch in the future. And you and you can see with Kispert, his role is only going to get bigger with this team as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Well, what are they going to do when Rui comes when Rui comes comes back? Because he should be back in the next couple of weeks. I feel nope. like Rui's gonna start off on the bench, and then if one of the forwards starts slipping up, like like Kuz or KCP, then Rui slides in and takes they spot to start. But but he's gonna start out on the bench though, and at first he's gonna be on the back of the bench. Then he's gonna get more minutes and more minutes, and I feel like it's gonna be like a slow, steady escalation. Because when you think about it, we ha- we're not in any rush to bring him back. I mean, like we're fi- we're seven and three. We're holding our own in the East, so it's like we're we're not. It's not like we ha- we're hitting the panic button, like oh, Rui needs to come back right now, or else the season's over. Like we can afford to just take our time with this. And you know, Evan, we talked about so before Darian goes. Um, me and you were talking privately about how what are the Wizards going to do when Thomas Bryant comes back? I feel like Thomas Bryant is eventually going to get traded, but it's, it's uh, just like you can't trade. 
you're definitely not trade, trading Montrez after the seat, what no. he's doing. You're not trading him. No. You're not trading Gafford. You're not trading those. Well, you shouldn't trade Brian either because what size outside of Gafford do you have? I mean, that's true, though. Like, I'm not saying I'm not even saying there should be a trade because the thing is, if they're able to make it work, because think about it, this is our big rotation. Like, when we're fully healthy, it'll be Montrez, Gaffer, Thomas, and, Brown. and then at four, you have Rui, and then you have Kuz that could play the three and the four. So, it's kind of one of those. I didn't see Kuzma play five in spurts. So, like, they've even run a super small ball when he's the five. So, it's like, I don't know how they're going to fit all those pieces together because the thing is, yeah, like, it's like, who are you going to start? Like, basically, the only way I see the Wizards making it work is if they're having particular lineups with particular teams where, okay, if they need to go big, they'll put TB in with Gaffer because those two are basically the type of bigs where they're, they're truly our size right there because Montrez doesn't have size. Montrez really is basically a small forward rating as a five. Like he's he's in that Draymond category. He plays the five because of his physicality. Yeah, he plays size. the five because he plays bigger than his size. He's in that Draymond class where basically naturally you would have put him at the five position, but because he plays so physical and plays like four inches taller than he really is, it's like you put him there for that physicality. And Montrez is the type of player when he's motivated, he's a good player. I think even after we talked about it too, when he's motivated and you put him in the right system where he feels like he's an important player, he's definitely an impact player. But I already know when we face teams that have size, we're going to struggle. You've struggled yeah. against teams with size. Yeah, and that's why I'm like, when you go up in the playoffs, you got to face a Philly or in or in Atlanta or, or Milwaukee, right? What, shit, even Brooklyn. You know yeah. what do you, you know what are you gonna do? Because Harold, let's just be real. Harold can't guard and beat. He can't. That's right. I mean, he can. I mean, that's a weird matchup, honestly. I see him holding his own against against uh what's his face Capella and Collins and Mitch and and um uh, Mitchell Rob and hell even Bucci, mm-hmm. but uh, at the same but but it's but it's just like you need to match size for size when you get into the when you get into the into the um, playoffs. But back to the rookies, um I think it's too it it's really too early to make. Any time at this, at this, at this, at this point, and I'm I'm just going to enjoy what I'm seeing because I'm gonna be real with you. I don't know if the Wizards can hold this type of play up. I think they're I think they're a playoff team, but you want to tell me that they're top four? I'm gonna look at you and I'm gonna laugh because let's not act like Milwaukee's gonna struggle like how they're struggling right now. Let's not act like. Brooklyn's not going to dominate once they get it figured out, and then you have Miami and and uh and uh, uh Chicago. So I just I just I just I just don't see it, and then especially in the West, like, do you really think the Lakers are going to struggle like how they've been struggling for the beginning of, of, of the season? I think not. So, I have a very interesting take about what you just said. I'm gonna just bounce off that. The Woods, as I said, they'll be the fifth sixth seed. You did, I, yeah. Literally fifth or sixth seed. And I think they're going to play to that. I think right now they're just starting off very good because they're hot. They got the chemistry. They got a, the proper coach. Like, I just like Wes Unsell's 
not just his plays online. I just like the confidence and the competitiveness he instills in the team. He makes them boys work. Like, we haven't really had a game where we kind of just let the game get out of hand. We fought all the way to basically the end, even if we were going to lose. And I like that. We didn't have that last year. We had a lot of times where basically Brad Bill had to play hero ball. And then basically, if he didn't drop damn near 40, 50, 60, and even times he dropped damn near 60 and we lost the game. So it's like, oh, it was basically Bill hero ball and no off, no defense. And what I do like, Oh, what I do like about this whole Wes Unsell thing is because if you remember when they first hired Wes, Brad wasn't all too excited about Wes Unsell coming. He wanted Sam Cassell. Mm-hmm. I wanted Sam Cassell. No, but, we both. Um, I Honestly, I would have preferred Sam Cassell because Sam Cassell is a proven entity. You're always right. going to pick the proven entity over a new coach. That's just common. That's just how it is. <laughs> right. And him and Bill know each other. But but you can tell, like, like the, the 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 main thing for a coach is not just you know plays and X's and O's and all and all this other stuff. Like, you have to have a philosophy, mm-hmm. and your best and, and and your best players have to buy in. And you can tell Brad has bought into to what Wes has been preaching, and it's had a ripple effect into Kuzma and Harold and, and, um, and um, KCP, which great at, which are great additions because now you have championship pedigree too. These are dudes that not only did they win a championship, they won a championship with LeBron. So they've seen one of the greatest to ever do it win. And they watched it. They basically had a front row seat. Speaking of Brad, this man is 0 for 9 from the field right now. We're down by 10. Uh, who y'all playing? Like, who y'all playing? We're playing Cleveland. Oh, dang. Cleveland. Anyways, y'all, I got to hop off. I got a game <laughs> in 50 minutes. I mean, it's been good having you on this podcast, Corey. You got to come back. You got to come back, man. I'll be back. Just let me know. Wednesdays, I got games. Depending on the time, I'll let y'all know. As always, peace. All right. right. Cool. You should have shot that. Damn. All right. So we're pretty much done with the NBA topic. So the next topic is Thanksgiving memories. What what are y'all – Best Thanksgiving memories. I'm gonna go last. I don't have one because my Thanksgiving relies on how the Cowboys do. And each and every time the Cowboys play on Thanksgiving, they get their asses whooped. And it just you makes everything. Tell me they ain't won not one time in your lifetime on Thanksgiving. But they beat the Rays. Because I remember clearly y'all beat the mess. They used out to beat Washington. One year, yeah. And I was sick. That went, like 2013. We, I remember. I remember that game. I can truly remember. But um, but yeah, I mean, I can't really think of any like like there's really nothing that jumps out. I mean, I I used to, like like really all I do is just go to I would go to Richmond, you know, to to uh, my grandmother's house, and by the time we get down there, usually the Lions game is on probably like first second quarter, 
we chill. My grandmother's cooking. And then she lets me get like a little dinner roll of ham. And then that holds me, barely holds me over until the Cowboys game, which is when she's usually finished. And then she cooks. And then I watch the Cowboys get beat on. Yeah, honestly, I think they don't have really too many special particular uh, Thanksgiving memories besides, you know, spending a lot of time with my family in the past. A lot of times we used to uh, um, spend time at my uh, aunt's house uh, for Thanksgiving, used to uh, have the game worn. And sometimes my uh, cousins would have, you know, be downstairs on the game and stuff like that. It used to be fun, like playing the game with them. And other times I'll spend uh, Thanksgiving at my other aunt's house, all the family there um, at that spot. But before, usually... Um, uh, Thanksgiving's in the past, I would go at my uh, grandmother's house, like, earlier in the day. Uh, football would be on, but it will just be like, you know, my grandmother's house would be like the chill spot where it's just me and my uh, sisters and my mom, you know, we're just there at first making sure my grandmother is good, making sure they have food, my grandfather had food and stuff like that. And, um, you know, and they were straight, and we were kind of, like, chill before there for, like, all the family. You know, we started seeing, like, everybody, like, the uh, other, you know, families and stuff like that. So, and sometimes I go over to my uh, other, um, my dad's side of the uh, family, my aunt's house. She'll cook for us sometimes, have plates for us, but we won't actually like have dinner there. But she'll just like cook stuff for the side for us, and you know that that's cool. We'll be loaded up in food though. And I do remember my uh, one of my sisters. She was really um, good at making a good banana. Uh, what's it called a banana pudding or something like that? Pie, something like that. We forgot the name of it, but yeah. Uh, that's the only thing I really have to say about Thanksgiving. Good food though. That's what I like about it and the memories uh, and the dessert. Something I do want to add on is like the 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 party don't really start until like later when like all the uncles and everybody's there and everyone get and everyone got a little little drink in them. We all know there's that one uncle that just be saying some outrageous shit. Seriously, man, seriously. And then like he got too much to drink. And then, like, the Thanksgiving food, we got one member of our – we all got one member of our family who can't cook, and they will not – and they refuse to admit it. Like, we all got that one. And then uh, – and then – then you end the night with, like, the new Thursday night football game for Thanksgiving, and really, that's always a hit or miss. Like, it has a 50-50 chance of being a good game. So, yeah, there's that. As long as you usually never good. Honestly, thank you for that. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let me see. Thanksgiving memory, and then we'll talk about the whole Nicola Yosha Marky Morris thing. Um. Famous one. Funny thing. I remember the year really. It was two thousand nine. Can you believe two thousand nine was eleven years ago, y'all? Uh, we're old. It's actually twelve. Older. Shit, even worse. Oh, we bring yeah, it yeah. up again. It, it, it was twelve years ago. Yeah, it is twelve. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This year makes it twelve. Open your shit. third eye and realize I'm playing. Who my TN shit on, bro? <laughs> you funny, bro. <laughs> oh my god. But um, yeah, it was 2009, 2009 Thanksgiving. You know, we pulled up, ended up playing some UFC. You already know UFC 2009. That game slapped. You already know that game was a banger. If you played it, you know. Play some used to play some FIFA, um, play some college, some COD, and then food was good, food was great. And the funny thing about this Thanksgiving, I ended up meeting a long, 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 long time friend at this Thanksgiving. I didn't even know she was my cousin, I just ended up figuring out she was. I was like, What the heck, bro? Like, her uncle, her dad was my uncle, and it was crazy, it was so stupid. It was that, and then, um, 
it, it was just it was just fun. Like that was probably the last like legit, and that's crazy to think I've not had a good Thanksgiving in that long. That's crazy. It's like it really has been that long. Like that's probably the last good Thanksgiving because the one I didn't go to the one in twenty ten. I think we had a situation there. That's when my mom had her surgery. Yeah, my mom had her surgery in two thousand ten, two thousand ten, two thousand one. One of those years, we didn't go for that reason. And then the other year, I went. And I'm meeting another long time for another because in ever since that I've not had a good Thanksgiving. <laughs> like Thanksgiving either been dry or I don't do anything. And that's probably what's gonna happen this year. Unless I end up going to somebody's place, which might happen. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But yeah, it was just fun, man. You know, had a good time, had some good laughs. You know, there was a Jonan battle. And you already know how them Jonan battles get. Them them family Jonan battles would be the funniest Jonan battles, bro. Cause honestly, I feel like my favorite Thanksgiving was probably 2012 and Darian know exactly where I'm going with this. He already know. But like, yeah. Just that day was just a good vibe. Like, got up and and just chilled, watched football with, with family all day. And really, that was it was either that year or the year after that, which was like the last one before I started cooking. And then that's when Thanksgiving went to like that next level for me. Mm-hmm. But then, um, but it all culminated when, when RG3 went and got him a win over the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. And <laughs> that's why it was the best Thanksgiving. Bro, off saying that none of my Thanksgivings have been good because the Cowboys always seem to shit the bed every time they go. No, no, no. You want to talk about a team that loses every year on Thanksgiving? Let's talk about the Lions, bro. <laughs> Let's bro, talk why about they, the Lions. Bro, the fact that they played. I mean, yeah, they they were the original original team on Thanksgiving, but it's sad. They bro. need to stop. But it's just like, bro, they need to stop. Mark, Mark you missing it though. The Lions game exists for the sole reason of explaining football to your family members that don't watch. That's the whole reason they still play that it's game. It's like a filler. Yeah, so, it's a kill time. So, yeah. So, so, we, so we can have a game we're not, like, invested in to, to explain football for the millionth time for to our family members that don't watch. Like shit. <laughs> this Jokic versus Morris Brothers shit, bro. I know y'all saw it all unfold. The NBA is reality TV, and I love it. Bro, I can't believe Twitter accounts were made like this. Bro, Jokic brothers really made fucking burner accounts. I'm gonna only like, say but bro, so much like about what? the Jokic brothers because truth be told, they scare me, dog. Yeah, I you, mean, but they, still, they, they, really they made, scare dog. me, and I do not want to pull up to Cap One. But, but, but the Morris brothers, but the Morris brothers, nigga, they're Serbians. They're Serbians. I mean this in the most like respectful way shit. possible, but you cannot look me in the eye and tell me ain't none of them brothers ever wrestled a bear. Because I feel like one of them. I feel like one of them at one point in their life just squared up with a bear and they won that fight. I don't wrestle bear. I beat the bear, take off his skin and wear that fur coat. <laughs> but I, I was just, I was just playing GTA Four. But you're hilarious, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was just playing that jersey literally yesterday. Bro. Oh my god! Like bro, you saying both sides? It's like, it's like Jokic and his brothers versus like versus like the Moore's brothers, the Heat. Like bro, what the fuck, bro? It's like bro. The funny thing shit, is, what makes like that whole into something different though? What like, makes that shit so funny, bro? The whole heat locker room was ready to scrap. The security said, nah, bro, not on my watch. <laughs> was and, and, and Jimmy Butler Jimmy was not rocking. He was about to go do a security guard. He got found and everything. Hey. He was trying to fight through the security y'all, guard. Y'all know, what, that picture like, what? Y'all know what that picture reminded me of? What? Them times where you standing outside a club and security won't let you in. Yep. 
and security just will not let you and your man then talk geek, about some geek and ass security. Talk about some react capacity. They talk about react capacity. I, I gotta talk. It's up to my manager. He lets people in. Back right. back in the days where people used to actually go to when I actually used to go to, I don't go to them places no more. Uh, that's the owner of the uh, that's the host of the uh, house party opening the door. He is he you and your niggas. He's like, you got any bitches with you? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was just like saying that. <laughs> hey, bro, back in the day, Darian knows he's been with people. This shit. <laughs> oh my god, bro. Used to real life go out and really be like, hey, bro, if you ain't got no shotties, bro, you're not getting in. <laughs> you know how many duds of moves that we've been on? Literally. Especially Literally. the one especially the, 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 the ones where they're supposedly beaten up with with um mm. with um I'm just like or if they do next topic. Hey, back, on, back on the um the Marquis Morris and oh, I thought we were done. I thought we were done. I don't want to stay on that too long. Talk about that, get my take yeah. on it. But go ahead, go ahead. Honestly, bro. I feel like both of them wrong. Because I mean, for like for Keith, first of all, you have a reputation of being like, I don't want to say a dirty player, but people like players and refs look at you like that's what you are. So to foul somebody as like the reigning MVP Nikola Jokic like that. Like you really ain't have to do all that. So that Montrez Harold just got big on the whole city of Cleveland. Anyway, um, and then for Jokic, you gotta remember, you are the defendant, like the reigning MVP. So people are looking at you like you supposed to be like a high role model character. So to retaliate in a oh, and also the Nuggets need you. The Nuggets need you so they can win games. So to retaliate. In the way that he did was unnecessary. So basically, what they both did was unnecessary, and that's all I'm gonna say because the Jokic brother is terrifying. No, see, uh, I think number one, I'm gonna go off of what Richard Jefferson said. If he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that. Yeah, you can say both were wrong, but at the end of the day, you don't. You don't sit here and body check somebody in midair. Not to mention, this is the reigning MVP, best player on the team. He's a seven foot two Serbian. And again, he's in midair and you body check him. He lands awkwardly on that knee. Mind you, he had a knee injury scare about a couple weeks ago. Like the Nuggets basically kissed their playoff and championship hopes goodbye because Jamal Murray not coming back no time soon. So it's, it's that I personally had no problem with Jokic retaliating because it's either he retaliated then later in the game or somebody else was going to go get him or he was going to get one of his other teammates. That's just how it works. Mark said it was a cheap shot, but you can't compare cheap shots. You can't. Both are just absolutely I, – I, I think – you. I mean, you could say that Jokic was bitch, was bitch made because he had his back turned, but he going to hit him, then turn his back and try and, and try and run away and think he's going to duck the smoke. No. 
And the funny thing is, is that Jokic wanted all of it. The Nuggets wanted all of it. Jimmy Butler back there talking behind like three security guards and two NBA players. And they weren't going to do nothing. We like, 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 and, 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 and the thing is, there's only maybe like three NBA players that I really think will sit here and scrap somebody in a game. And that's James Johnson, Yadonis Haslam, and I guess I'll give it to, and I, and Jimmy, and Jimmy Butler, and maybe Draymond Green. If you get them mad enough. Oh, yeah. You don't want to mess with OG. OG, quick to put the pause on you. You don't know that ain't going like that. (laughs) Peace somebody with the quickness. He don't care. Right. (laughs) This man, basically, he got stock in the Miami Heat organization, bro. That man, they not about to give it to that man, bro. Bro, remember when that man played like 10 seconds in the game and got ejected for trying to fight Dwight Howard? Yeah, that joke was funny, bro. (laughs) <laughs> and he was talking about this man, Dwight Soft, bro. You don't want the smoke. That's literally what he was saying. I was crying. That's about Dwight. You don't want that, bro. <laughs> you don't just have some crazy. <laughs> but if you know anything about the Miami boys, you know. If you've been down there, you know. But um, I just want to quickly go over the next one since we do have a female guest, and I just want to hear her perspective on this. Um, Carrie, are you there? She probably stepped away. I know we were probably deep in this world. She probably like, I'll wait till they finish talking about that. But I hit I hit her up to come back. But um I didn't personally fully finish listening to the album, Summer Walker's new album that she recently dropped. But if y'all have, because I really I, I have really haven't had the time to. I've been so busy. If y'all fully listened to it, what is your opinion on it? I listened to uh, it's pretty solid. I listened to only a few songs and I'm going to just say this. There's a bunch of shit out here that we, that, that, that we listen to that's just straight, just, I don't want to say shit, but, but to me, it's just, you know, it's people, I mean, it's music, but it's just people just rapping about stuff mm-hmm. that they ain't been through. Mm-hmm. Okay. Niggas rap about gimmicks, bro. I swear on everything. It's so stupid. What I love about this summer album is that this is her pain, this is her healing process, and this is her recovery. And and that to me is just so beautiful. And to me, that's what music is. Music is what you feel. Music is I went through this shit. She name dropped London for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Yep. Damn it. This man produced like half of her album mm-hmm. and she shitted on him. Mm-hmm. So with that, I mean, the few songs that I listened to, because like you, I, I, I listened to a little bit. I got sidetracked and I just didn't make the time to listen to the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's a beautiful album. I always forget because I don't listen to Summer Walker's music as much as I as you know as the next person, but she has a beautiful voice. Say what you want about her doing whatever to her cat and all this other shit that she got going on, you know, 
in the real world, like this woman, like she's talented and this is real pain that she's experienced. And she, and like what Cardi said, you know, on, uh, on uh, the opening track, she was, she, 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 she was like, don't go on Twitter and tell your story, tell your story through the music and make it beautiful. And boy, did she do it. I actually think like the Cardi voicemail at the end of Bitter was the chef's kiss. Now I haven't finished the rest and I haven't, you know, heard the other songs that people was talking about, but uh, so far from what I know, it's a good album. Yeah, I listened to the full album actually. Um, you know, I just took time because you know me, I like listening to music and it was a little different for me because I really don't listen to Summer Walker like that. It's not really my, you know, genre, honestly, that kind of R&B, but I decided to give it a listen because I just like good music and it was pretty, um, you know, it was getting a lot of hype and I've heard, I know Summer Walker, she's a good artist in general because I hear, hear her on a lot of features. So I gave it a full listen and it was pretty good. The instrumentals were good, you know, like the, I could tell she took a lot of time to like really pro- make sure it was like well produced and well mixed and it's just like a good vibe. It's like something you can just sit back, fall asleep to honestly, you know, late at night just but like get your mind off shit after like a long day. I like it and um, you know, it's just something you can just put your like headphones on to. And I think it was overall pretty solid. I can't hate on it. And you know, it's it's good for like a it's a good solid R and B album, like overall. And it was a little different for me since I really don't listen to Summer Walker in general. But I give her like credit though. She definitely like, you know, did what she had to do in that uh in that album. And she definitely um landed some good features on there. Like that one feature she got with Dirk. I was surprised to see Dirk was on there, you know. But yeah, that was a uh, yeah. It was a pretty uh, solid album. I enjoyed it overall. Yeah, I like, want to give it like multiple listens, but you know, right. that's just like a one-time thing. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's all I got to say. For for for. Oh no, one hundred percent, man. I feel the same because it's just like I'm a savant of music. I'm anything that's beautiful sounds great, and there's a strong purpose behind it. It's great, and just like Darian said, she was really out here just putting her pain out here and healing. The music was therapy. You know, it was an outlet for her to be honest, be truthful, just show her true self. And like I said, people want to denigrate, oh, this and that. When sometimes you just got to look at the artist for what they produce. And Summer Walker, has a, she has a good voice, sounds great. And most of the music I've heard is quality. It's not just, you know, her just singing, just to sing. There's a reason, there's a story behind the song. And so far, I will listen to you, like I said, the story is beautiful. I always love stories of someone admitting their pain and repairing and getting better from that, you know, making steps forward, progressing to be holy. I love it. It's just something that it really gravitates to me because that's that's kind of how I am. I'm always, you know, trying to get better. You know, you have your days when you just don't got it. You got the days when you just, you just, you just out of your element. You just need the time to kind of recalibrate. And take the steps to be better. And that's really the whole essence of the album. And I love it. But it also takes me back to what I said on the round table about, you know, like how women, like they process things differently than men. And, you know, and, you know, and how like a lot of, you know, a lot of us and, you know, I, I know all of us are guilty of it. Like we have sometimes tried to go to outside things to heal us 
whether it be drugs, alcohol, you know, sex, whatever. You know, like, but what women will do is, yes, they will probably, you know, smoke, you, you know, they'll probably smoke, they'll probably kill, you know, they'll probably kill a bottle, but at the end of the day, like, and, and they'll probably cry their eyes out. We don't take the time to do that, but well, we don't take the time to like cry, but, but like they actually feel their shit and they process their emotions. They're like, okay, this is what I'm feeling. And they cry it out. And then they sit here and they give themselves little affirmations. They got their little homegirls that's, that's uh, going to hype them up. They go out, they look cute and blah, 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 blah. And next thing you know, they, they're brand, you know, they're a brand new woman. Of course, it doesn't happen overnight, but but they take those steps to get back to to the woman that they know that they are, you know, and not just show themselves. So it, it it just it just goes back to that, and that this is really just again her just outlining like her healing process and what she did, and and that there are going to be ups and downs. It's not a straight road. It's not a, it's not a straight incline. Like you're going to go down. You're going to, there's, there's peaks and valleys, you know? So I just think this was, a, I, again, I just think, I just think it was an overall, you know, so far good album. Right. And it's funny how you said that because transitions to the, one of the final topics for the week is accountability. And before we dive into it, Remember how we did a roundtable last month? This month's roundtable is about accountability for men and women. So when that date is confirmed, you will all know. And it'll be great to see some beautiful, lovely faces there. And y'all tune into that because I'm really looking forward to that accountability because I know there's going to be some very interesting topics that come up. But right now, we're just going to dive into a little bit. Why is it important for accountability for men and women? Why is that important? Why should you be accountable? Of course, it's, it sounds like a basic question, like a no-brainer, like what? But think about it for a second. Why should people be accountable for their actions? So It builds respect. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it's because when you make relationships friendly, romantic, platonic, well, romantic whatever business like like you have to i i i I, i've heard michael Irvin talk about self-indict yourself like you have to say yeah this is the issue or this is what you got to do i know i did this and i'm not proud of it but and i'm aware that this has happened but i but I've done, I've taken the steps needed to change that. Or if it's a problem, you say, I'm aware that this has happened. I understand it makes you feel a certain kind of way or what, or what have you. I'm going to take the necessary steps needed to fix this problem. I think where we, uh, when it comes to that, I think where people kind of get things twisted is like especially if it's something that's just done very subconsciously I think like they expect it to be fixed overnight and it's not 
something that's just going to change. It's not a switch. You have to condition yourself, you know, and again, hold that person accountable. You know, you, that, that's like the only way you can, you know, you can get better. But I also say it builds, res- it builds respect because it shows that, okay, I am open to being wrong. I, I, under- I understand that, that it's that not everything that I do is going to be right. And I agree. Like, I feel like white people should be accountable. Just, you know, just be honest. Like, we're, we're adults, man. If you mess up, it's okay. We all mess up at times. Man. We all do things, how have done things. We're not the best about it. We've all made mistakes. You truly being the bigger person and admitting to that when you do the bad deed. Just being honest and saying, listen, I messed up. I'm sorry about it. I, did, or, I didn't mean it or I didn't it wasn't in my intention for it to go this way just standing up and being accountable and saying listen yeah, i messed up it's just a great thing it will like they said it's a respect building that makes me respect you more because nobody should expect perfection from anybody <laughs> no because you are not perfect none of us are perfect we all have our pros and our cons we all have our good things and our bad things about each each other we have our strength and our weaknesses nobody's perfect and when you expect perfection from others, you're just hurting yourself because there's every time someone's going to disappoint you. Someone's going to do something that's going to hurt you. It's going to make you feel bad. Not saying that it's okay, but it's just going to happen. People are going to let you down. People are going to leave you hanging. And it took me a long time to realize that. And I gained more respect when people said, listen, man, I'm sorry I did what I did. You know, it was fucked up. It was messed up. I'm coming to you straight, telling you, I'm sorry. And you forgive me. And that's just big because it's sad that a lot of people don't want to make that big step. They kind of just mess up and they kind of just like disappear, you know, fade into the background. And, you know, just like it's, it's crazy. I'm just like, man. So accountability is very good. It shows maturity. It grants respect, like automatically like, yeah, even though what you do is messed up, I appreciate you coming to me because literally it's even happened to me where people do a thing and they just disappear. I'm just like, yo. You know you were messed up. I came to you when I was wrong, but you know, can't expect that from people nowadays. So, but accountability is very important. It's very key, and I look forward to talking more about it later on this month. All right. So basically, my take on the whole accountability thing, like Darian said, it's about respect. Like Sanford said, it's about honesty. But really, I feel like the main thing people get wrong about accountability is. They feel like you only have to be accountable for how, it, how you, it makes you look to other people. But really, accountability is to be honest with yourself. Like, that's the biggest part of it. So that you know you can't just be out here doing whatever. You know there are consequences to your actions. You know that if you want to get to where you need to go and you're not there now, that there's something that you might need to change. And you're willing to change all of that about yourself. You're willing to make yourself better. And like, you don't, and you don't really believe that like you're the perfect person because if you spend your time trying to be perfect, you're just wasting your time. So we're all human. We all make mistakes, but 
if we're all honest with ourselves and we're always willing to improve, then making mistakes isn't exactly that big of a problem. And that's why accountability is so big. It's not for other people. It's for it's for you. Big up on that, bro. That's a big point right there. Um, Mark, do you have anything to say about it? Yeah, accountability, um, pretty much like y'all said, to me, I think when it comes to taking accountability, it could it has to do with like, it can be like a pride thing sometimes. And sometimes people, it, it can be hard to take accountability for some people because nobody wants like their pride hurt. It's like, you know, we all have pride, we all have dignity, know, dignity and everything, but it's like, it can be hard for certain people. And sometimes you really have to like stop and like take a look in the mirror and realize, okay, like you're saying that you, what you think you, what you think you did was right, but to the other person, you know, like to the other person, they're saying what you did was wrong. You're like probably confused. And sometimes you have to stop and see, okay, what if I could have done different? Let's look at, you know, look at it from like their point of view as in what can I do differently? How does this affect somebody else? And so, you know, sometimes you have to just slow down and take a look at yourself and that makes you move a little bit different, a little bit smarter. And taking accountability is important though, because a lot of times like your pride can get the best of you. So you have to just like you know slow down and not let your pride like you know take over and yeah pride 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 that's a big thing man a lot of people got so much pride they don't want to admit when they make mistakes man. that's crazy but we're rolling out to the end of the episode for the week the last topic we're going to talk about is any goals to finish before 2021 ends we have about a month and a few weeks left in the year do you guys have any particular goals you want to reach before the year ends, whether it's personal or professional? Hopefully it's a new job, honestly, like by like maybe like 2022, like early 2022. I've been like in the process of doing that, been connected with the right people, with the, uh, bringing my resume professionally updated. Shout out to the Missio group. They're a good uh, group that professionally updates resumes and keeps you, uh, you know, like it um, keeps you like plugged into like different uh, LinkedIn opportunities and other uh, jobs site opportunities so and they you can actually pay them to professionally update your resume for a particular uh jobs you want so yeah hopefully by the goal it's just like getting that application and hopefully have some you know new like professional job opportunities lined up for me by um early 2022 to end 2021 get something that was lined up for the next year and that's all that's great that's great man um i'm kind of in the same thing where i kind of i kind of already cheated because i am getting my old dialysis job back so that's that's awesome I've been fighting, trying to figure out how to get that job back for about two years now. So, you know. Let's go. Hey, yes, what's up? So, yeah, I'm happy yes, about sir. that. And also, my other goal is, this is more of a personal goal. Like I said, I'm doing... I'm doing... A lot of things trying to not only just grow, I'm trying to just, well, my goal for 2021, I want to grow in so many areas and into 2022 on the right path, man. Like, personally, business-wise, spiritually, all that. I'm just trying to be a better person. That is my goal. I want to be the best person I can be because I just feel like next year is going to be not only the year for me, not only the year for this podcast, just like a year where a lot of beautiful things are going to happen. I'm going to keep spreading that positive energy for that. Yeah, I think for me, like, it's nothing, like, in terms, like, I'm with Mark. Like, I do want to, like, find me a new job. I, I 
but in terms of like for what I actually want, there's so many steps I have to take. And I think for me, like my biggest journey, like for 2021 was really just to get my mind right. And to get, like to get better, like to get into a better mental place so I can really like just enjoy, like really just enjoy life. Cause I'm gonna be real with you like this, like, like you ever feel like you kind of just like you're just there. That's kind of where I've been all the time, all yeah, the like, time, <laughs> all the time. Like what? Like I'm just floating through, you know, and just going through the motions, man. Going through the motions, and and it's and it's like for me, like on the same, like the same thing with Mark is like we're both at, you know, like jobs that we're basically only staying there because fucking we need money and it's like I more so just want to get better like mentally and it, and like I said about like like just to repeat what I said the last topic has been a freaking roller coaster so I mean that's really what it is you know, just to end the year. And, and you know, I kind of want to get back in shape too because not going into spring looking like the round mound of rebounds. So. I mean, I don't really think I have any more goals for the rest of 2021. I mean, like I'm going to do a couple like football calls again. I'm going to do a couple basketball calls for Bowie State. Maybe like maybe you lose a couple pounds. I don't know. Like I don't, it's not that I'm not motivated. It's that I don't see why I have to get any get anything done in 2021 that I can't just do in 2022. Like that's the that's an interesting mentality. Uh Carrie, you came back at a beautiful time. We're kind of at the end right now. So basically the last topic was do you have any goals before the year ends? As you see that, oh, yeah. we're gonna. It's about to be Thanksgiving, oh. Christmas. My goal is to over. lose ten pounds before Thanksgiving, so I can gain it back on Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I cannot with you. You are actually. Nice. I do want to lose weight before Thanksgiving, but that's that's actually part of the reason why I'm not gonna lie. But you know that I just want to lose weight because why not? I like losing weight. Gaining it back and losing again is always fun. Yeah, and it really goes too, but um, that's private. I don't, I don't talk about my goals till they're done. Understandable, you know, you don't, you don't brag about it till you get the victory dance. I, I completely understand that. That's yeah. I heard you. All right, everyone, we are basically at the end of the episode. Like I said, I appreciate Kareem. I appreciate D Man. Like I said, they had to leave early, and I appreciate Carrie as well for joining. This was great. You know, had some very interesting conversation. You know, definitely settled that vax versus non-vax debate for now. We never know when that thing's probably going to wear its ugly head against it. It'd be great. Um, shout out to the support. Shout out to the people sharing. Shout out to the heads that are being turned. Shout out to all of you lovely people listening. So, I told you guys I had a goal. 2,000 before the year ends. I'm going to check it right now while we're on the 
spot because I'm refreshing the page. Refreshing it right now. And our total number is 1,829. Ooh. We can do this. We can definitely, we can definitely do this. We can hit the 2K by the end of the year. We can do it. I know y'all can do it. I know y'all y'all been y'all been beautiful for us this year, man. You know y'all have stayed or stayed the ship. We started. We ain't know nothing. <laughs> be honest with you. We started. We just kind of said, you know what, jumped in the boat and said we're doing this thing. And now we've gained so much knowledge. We've grown. We've built the chemistry. We've built the show up and. Just to see the support, to see the good words. And I did, I created a new logo, posted it on the social media the other day. I think that was yesterday. Created a new logo. We are expanding. We are getting better. We are growing. It's, it's great. Beautiful. I'm also in talks with somebody that's going to even coach me to learn more. So always willing to get better and expand the brand. Um. So this is something I was talking about with the guys. Pretty soon you're going to be seeing side segments of each one of us. Because I know all four of us, we have different strengths and weaknesses. And topics that we really can dive into that we don't have time on the pod. Because the pod really already have certain current events and big heavy topics we dive into. So don't be surprised if you see a lot of extra content coming up in the coming weeks. Because I know Darian, Mark, Evan... They're talented in their own ways, and I'm talented in my own ways. My own one. Zebra's are talented too, though. Don't leave him out. Oh no, no, I said Evan. I, I brought him in. You know, he's he's the zebra <laughs> zebra kind in the building. But all ten of them, whatever, how many of them? She, <laughs> she said the whole family. But um, yeah, yeah. So me, my plan, like I said, just gonna bring it out. I know I have guests that I want to bring on, but they can't stay on for the whole duration of the pod. So I'm going to be launching something tune called the Comfort Zone. Me, 1v1 with a guest. We chop it up for 30 minutes. Kick back, relax, have a great conversation. 30 minutes, easy, digestible content. So that's for me. I don't know what they have planned. <laughs> I know they're going to probably implement it the way they want to, but we appreciate the support and we'll also appreciate the continued support. Do you guys have anything to say before we close out for the week? Nope. DMV Zebra is on the road to a perfect undefeated fantasy season. Oh, Who's man. Best? He actually named his fantasy team DMV Zebra, y'all. He's not capping. <laughs> Arsenal has moved from the bottom of the table. They're in the top five now, so I've been pretty happy. We done won like three straight. I'm sucking for But yeah, y'all got to understand, this man's been saying fuck Arsenal for months. I know he's feeling no, himself. It's been years. <laughs> it's been years. I've been in sadness. Ah oh, man. You're the, you're the... All right. Like I said, we are out. You guys have a beautiful, lovely, amazing.